Joy. I'm not gonna worry about your level of concern. Joy and double joy. We talking about Twitter. Triple joy. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. Quadruple joy. Let's go, Steelers! <laughs> are we gonna give Matt Canada praise? You guys are funny sometimes. We mock ourselves. That's right, it's time for the show that exposes all your hot and toxic Steelers takes. Mm-hmm. It's what Jin's talking about, the conversation about the Steelers social media conversation. I'm Kyle Christ. here with me is Greg Benevin. Hello. On the ones and twos, the Modell Meatball, Rob Banks. Hey, hey, it's going on, guys. Hey. It's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's go. It's ten day, ten days without a game. I'm ready yes. for. Uh, it's it doesn't feel it, it has kind of felt like a bye week. It I has think. felt like a bye week. It's been wonderfully relaxing. Oh, <laughs> coming up in the second half. What should we? Should we tease? What, do we um, got to tease today? what about maybe the most overrated and underrated Steelers of all time? Sure. Do you think we can definitively uh, put a close to this conversation? A hundred percent. We can make the true answers today. Um, some bad expectations. <laughs> Halfway through the season, the expectations change, and that maybe... could have been an alternate title for this entire podcast: bad expectations. And I don't give a about your bad expectations. I should have done that song. <laughs> There's plenty of time. Instead, oh, and well, maybe you have some of the best uh, Canada memes on a, oh. on a opening drive touchdown. Okay. We'll see who, had, who the memes came out for, for the first quarter offense. I can already feel the chills in my chest. Uh, why don't we get to some of these hot and toxic takes? Let's start with... Let's let's go to Adam at Adam Schefter. Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter, because you know, even though five and three team, the uh, it's just not good enough. And the <laughs> national, it, it's being a primetime game. It was plenty of national media jumping on board on this wagon. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, at Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter at five and three. The Steelers are the thirty fourth <clears throat> team since nineteen thirty three when rushing and receiving stats were first tracked. Ruler, the invention of rulers. <laughs> Since 1933 to be outgained in each of their first eight games of a season. They're only one of those. They're the only one of those that who's had a winning record. Steelers are the only team this season to be outgained in every game. They've been outgained by 790 yards. Second worst to the Broncos. <laughs> we don't deserve to be in the league this year. I was going to say, it's a good thing the NFL doesn't have relegation. Or we would have been relegated to, uh, 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 I don't know, the XFL after uh, being outgained by the Titans by 14 yards. Eight, yeah, eight eight games and you can get relegated. That would be, wouldn't that be a new <laughs> twist on the NFL? There's some Steeler fans on Twitter that would be perfectly fine with that. Oh, there's plenty of fans who I relegated to the, <laughs> I should relegate to Blue Sky or one of these other Or, or I was going to say the Phantom Zone, but that's much nicer. Oh, the Phantom Zone, mm-hmm. yeah. You're, boom, you're off to the Phantom Zone. <laughs> Tay, uh, how do I, how do I send you there oh i don't know <laughs> there you go You're, you fans have been sent to the uh to the phantom zone <laughs> national media is is cannot digest the fact that the offense 
is worse than other five and three teams might be at this yes, point. Yes, it's weird, like, just to read this. And I'm thinking, like, oh, okay, this is just the national media putting something out there to get a response. And then every now and then you'll read a national media figure, and I'm like, this person seems actually upset about this. Let's, uh, you know, it's like when... When the when the when the national media makes lemons, I say let's turn it in, awesome to in lemonade. No, that's not what I to do. It felt right. Let's see. Let's here's a little uh, here's a little uh, recap of what some of the national media has been saying. Who in the world do we explain this? Do we explain this? Do we explain this? It makes no sense. It's a magic trick. It makes no sense. It's a magic trick. It makes no sense. It's a magic trick. In the world do we explain this? They don't play the game well. In the world do we explain this? There's no other way to explain it. In literally every game, they are worse at that than their opponent. It makes no sense. They're literally good at nothing other than winning the game. I I don't see how it's sustainable. There's no other way to explain it. They don't play the game well. It makes no sense. How in the world do we explain this? You're not even counting the penalty yards. 56 games. You're not even counting the penalty yards. 56. You're not even counting the penalty yards. We're talking about three and a half years. It makes no sense. How in the world do we explain this? It's a magic trick. We're talking about three and a half years. I blame Matt Canada. 56 games. What's the standard? I don't see how it's sustainable. How in the world do we explain this? Wait, you haven't even had It makes no sense. 400 yard game. What Steeler fan feels good today? They don't play the game well. I play Matt Canada. What's the standard? How in the world do we explain this? 56! Pickett missed more passes than he hit. In literally every game, they are worse at that than their opponent. 56 games! It makes no sense. How in the world do we explain this? They might be the worst no. team in the NFL in their 5-3. and three. Worst team in the NFL There are some five great quotes in there. There are some amazing quotes in there. You know, what, uh, I mean, we, I don't know, maybe Steeler fans have just known this for eight weeks now, but um, national media can't, just is losing their wig. Where was uh, Maurice Jones-Drew when we needed him? He, uh... <laughs> well, I think he was still running over the Steelers, as he did for much of his career. Uh... I will say, uh, I, I mean, I find all of this, and perhaps this is, I'm becoming more of a troll as I age, I find all of that response that much more satisfying when the Steelers win this way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, stick it to them. They don't believe in us. That's the thing. Like, we, as Steeler fans, we should be rallying around this team. Like, they don't believe in us. We, we you know, we have the 30th ranked offense. They don't believe in us. We've got, uh, you know, uh, haven't had a 400-yard game in 53 <laughs> I games. I was going to, uh, 53 56. years, it seems. <laughs> it's been since sometime in Bubby's years. Um, but I think you kind of hit on it there. I think the problem with a lot of the fans that are the most unhappy about this is that, you know, they've kind of gotten to the point where it's winning is great but what's more important or what's equally important or perhaps also very important is the opinion of these media figures which is so unimportant or just to be right on social media yes that's yes, you know that too. oh god mm-hmm. um this is what you know where are all these hot take artists with this kind of stat at my sports update Ari Miroff the Steelers are outscoring opponents 42 to 11 in the fourth quarter and their five wins this season they put it all together in the fourth and squeak out wins isn't that as much of the narrative as no offense in three quarters yeah but I I think so but I mean but that doesn't you you can't go on uh, TV and scream about how is this happening which again is like a line that you know a general shouts in a zombie movie not an analyst in an NFL 
show. How can we explain this? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, that's your job. That's your right. job, ESPN. That's literally what you're there to do. You have no other purpose other than to explain this. If you cannot, perhaps that tells you something. And I and here's how you explain it. The Steelers are outscoring opponents 42 to 11 in the fourth quarter. Right, that's... right, right. And also, too, again, it's 14 yards they were outgained by in the Titan game. Again, and this is a game where the Titans had no offense whatsoever in the second half. I mean, that kid had, what, 40 yards passing. It, uh, the, the Titans were an absolute disaster in the second half. And yet, you know, they outgained them by 14 yards, which is one pass, one play. So uh, it's that that big number with the uh, close to the Broncos. That's all the Niners and the Texans games. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Coach says it. I believe it. All right. Well, uh, this was the week that we're throwing Kenny under the bus. Oh, my God. They killed Kenny. You <laughs> bastards. No, no grooming this week. I was going to say, the grooming got left away there. Let's get to the Kenny hate tweets at Scarpizio Scarps. Among quarterbacks that have thrown at least 600 passes in this league, Pickett ranks last in TD passes, 13, tied for third lowest yards per completion, 10.1, fourth worst on target, 71.7. That seems pretty good. Yeah, I know. The, uh, the concerns are legitimate. Or, you know, do we have, should we have, should we be having legitimate concerns about Kenny at five and three? I'm so old. I, I heard this tweet in the voice of the dean from Animal House. Just what he's <laughs> shouting about the QPA. It, um, I mean, the concerns are legitimate, sure. A- again, we're going, what are my concerns? That uh, he's not, that Kenny might not win multiple Super Bowls? I mean, yeah, okay, my concerns are kind of legitimate there. But the idea that, you know, he's the best person to lead this team to victory right now, that uh, it's not worth trying to go out and draft someone else after the season or god forbid try to sign somebody i i mean i'm concerned that kenny's not going to be uh all pro but uh you know i'm not concerned is that like it's it's this is going to lead to some like Steeler dark age no no it's good to see the big boy yeah well whatever that meant i don't know um how about, let's put it in these terms, at the Pony Express, Andrew Filipponi, there are 11 NFL starting quarterbacks from the past three drafts. How many are better than Kenny Pickett? Are you ready? Sure, we'll put you on the, uh, Yeah. Bryce Young. No. I mean, maybe he has more talent, but he's been a mess so far. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud's looked very good, and in the interest of being kind to this thing, I'll say Stroud so far, yes. But again, that's four, what is it? It's, I think six or seven games at this point. So I'll give them, yeah, okay. Stroud has looked better. One and one. Will Levis. Absolutely not. No? I, I know people were so hyped after that Tennessee game and the Falcons game, but those the Steelers' secondary, I think Hank Poteet was back there. I mean, guys were like college open. It's I'm not on the Will Levis thing yet. I'm going to have to see more than two or three games uh, of him throwing to dudes they are open by five yards. All right. He had some gumption, though. Um, he did have gumption. I'm not saying... <laughs> and I think Will Levis could be fine, but the idea that how many are better than Kenny Pickett? Absolutely not. You know why? Because Will Levis sucked in the fourth quarter. He okay. was terrible. So, On that last drive, he was okay when he hit them wide-open dudes after that fake penalty, but he was terrible in the fourth quarter. All right, so that's one for Kenny. Uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, is he ever on the field? I mean, it's he's got some talent, but uh, he has had uh, some real injury issues so far. So, so that's no. one for Kenny. We got three to one. Uh, Kenny's better than Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence is better. Lawrence is a number one overall pick, one of the best prospects at quarterback <laughs> prospects in a decade. Yes, Lawrence is better. Not the hair, though. The hair is not better. Oh, uh, the hair is pretty. Uh, no, the, I mean, the hair is close. I mean, that's that might be the closest stat they 
have is the hair. Three and two, Kenny. Uh, Justin Fields. Man, this one's tough. Uh, I kind of got to say no because, like, Kenny's better in the fourth quarter, but, like, I'm not sure Fields is good in any quarter. But, again, this is one where I feel like to definitively say Kenny's that much better is to not be fair to Fields because, man, he's got nobody over there. So, I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's I think Fields is probably more talented, but, I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to give a guy that's been on, what, a 10-game losing streak and say he's better than Kenny. So he's I guess not a I, winner. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I have to go Kenny on that one, All too. right, 4-2, Kenny. Mac Jones. No, Jones is a mess. If, if Kenny was with the Patriots, they'd have a better record than they do now. 5-2, to two, Kenny. Uh, Sam Howell. I haven't seen enough of him. Are they doing any good? I know nothing about him. He puts up number. He puts up enough numbers. You know? Okay, he has the second most passing yards this season. Okay, so, so I'll say he's better. Sure. Okay. Uh, All right. That was, so that's a man. It's a knock on Colbert. Isn't yeah. It? Oh. They, yeah. They didn't take this guy in the first round. Brock Purdy. I have to. I mean, it's just because Purdy went to the title game and won the game here. I have to say Purdy's better. So yeah, we'll give him that one. And, Although he's a mess in the fourth quarter too. And. Cuckoo, Mrs. Robinson, Zach Wilson. Oh God, no! I mean, it's it's because whatever else you could say about Kenny, Kenny is an actual leader, like an actual leadership person. Whereas Zach Wilson's kind of the opposite of that. So we got seven, six to four. Kenny wins. So uh, it's uh, we're we're in a good position. That's well, the best I mean, position so we could I mean, be. it's but also a lot of these guys are like you know, have played fewer games than Kenny. And a lot of them, we don't know if they're going to be able to hold up for a whole season. I mean, may, again, maybe Anthony Richardson has talent, but that dude gets hurt a pretty fair amount. Um, all right, so well, you know we can't knock the pick yet, right? We can't knock the pick over the over in uh, in hindsight. Well, I'd have to see a lot more of these guys win some games before I started knocking the pick too much. Uh, let's keep the takes going. At Ross underscore McCorkle, Ross McCorkle, if you could only pick two of these three traits: high passing yardage output, good ball security, clutch in the fourth quarter. Which two do you choose, and why? I mean, I one, this is a very good question, even though it's quite a pointed one. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously the last two. It's good ball security and clutch because you can have a lot of pass. We've seen Steeler teams and Steeler opponents have a lot of passing yardage and lose uh, by quite a bit. You know, so I mean, the point here is, why are we crying about yardage, right? It's about the clutch factor. And well, about- I, I think I, I personally think that the main reason that people are so down on Kenny this week is that they saw Le- uh, uh, Levis Levis. I still have no idea how to say it with the big arm in the Thursday game, even despite the fact he was so bad in the second half. And two, C.J. Stroud had a great game. Uh, one of the all-time greatest games yeah. a rookie has ever had this past Sunday. So I think those two things very much triggered the uh, latest uh, Come Kill Kenny uh, uh, chorus we're seeing. A little QB envy there yes. among the fan mm-hmm. base. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how about some outrage at Jay Bailey NFL, <laughs> Jared Bailey. If I'm the Steelers defense, uh, this is a, this is a, comes after the Tomlin press conference. Oh, I conference. understand. Oh, okay. I know. Yes. If I'm the Steelers defense, I'm pissed. Your head coach basically just said, "Ah, eh, who cares that the offense is a burning bag of ish? Have you seen what PFF graded Kenny in the fourth quarter? How rad!" This is a tough way to spin uh, Tomlin's. Tomlin's take on Kenny. I mean, it, it, it's so tough as to feel genuinely disingenuous. I mean, this is uh, it's 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 like you're taking this well-crafted thing and saying it's for children. I mean, this this is silly. But I, 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 I imagine being a professional who's paid a lot of money to play this game and even having this thought cross your mind. Is is there any 
is there any valid validity to it's like oh Tomlin's giving Kenny a pass we all know that he's not performing in the first half uh and Tomlin's giving him a pass is it a pass or does Tomlin have a point it's uh who cares what he does in three quarters well I, I one I'm sure that's not the way they're addressing it when we don't see it I'm sure it, it's not like they're sitting there saying, ah, oh, the first three quarters don't matter. Here's the game plan in the fourth. And two, I think the other way to look at this is that, like, here's a criticism of one of the most prominent players on our team, and here's our coach publicly standing up for him. So thus, he may do that for us as well. Yeah, that's maybe more important. This is all about not throwing your QB under the bus in a, in a situation when it's... Or any member of your team. Yeah. Let's hear. Let's listen exactly what he said. We'll get the full context here. Mm-hmm. He's awesome in the fourth quarter, man. He rises up in those moments. Um, he wants to be the reason why we're successful. He prepares his tail off. Um, in some instances where people run from challenges, he runs two challenges. And so that's why his performance is so good in the fourth. Those other quarters we'll work on. Those other quarters will work on. I mean, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> it, it takes a lot to misinterpret that. Like you have to work really hard to misinterpret that. You could you made you you interpreted the first three quarters of the message, and then you missed the fourth quarter. Well, it's, I like. I mean, on one hand, I like. I do like the message. Like, yeah. we're sticking with this guy. But all the things that we like about him are kind of intangibles. It's not, you know. No, yeah, no. The stats are a mess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. But again, that's part of why I'm enjoying this as much as I am. Again, I worry I become too much of a troll as I age. But I mean, I, I, I just how verklempt the national media and a lot of the local media is uh, has been has made this season all the more enjoyable to get to five and three. Um, how about some aftermath of the Tomlin pressure <laughs> at Ledyard NFL Draft, John Ledyard. Get yourself ready to for four to five years of picket. Tomlin is digging in, and he's probably the least likely coach in the NFL to change his mind, even before he really digs in. Um, is you know, is this Kenny rides out this contract? Is that what we're seeing from Tomlin right now? I mean, I. I, I, I... I mean, that was always the likeliest thing. I mean, I do think if Kenny doesn't improve by the end of, like, not just this season, but next season, then they'd seriously explore a competition for the year after that, But um, which I guess would be season four. So, yeah, so this guy's probably right. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I like Ledyard. He's a smart guy, if you read his uh, account. But every now and then with Pickett, he'll say something like, yeah, I hope they move on from him after this year. I'm like, guys, they're already <laughs> five and three. This is You're a smart man. You don't need to throw that kind of chum in the waters. They're not moving on from him, um, at least until the end of next year. That's, I mean, that's what I always thought. It's, I mean, they are going to draft a quarterback this year, but the idea is to get a cheaper long-term backup as opposed to paying Mitch $8 million a year to come in late in the game and just throw to Pickens no matter how covered he is. Yeah, can't we get, won't we be able to get one of these other guys by then? Won't we be able to get a... Uh... Uh, Sam Howell by then. Well, I mean, what I think, what I think, I mean, what they very well could. I mean, isn't that what Kirk Cousins was for RG three? Like he was going to be the long term backup, and they ended up being Kirk Cousins. I could be wrong about that, but I mean, there's some of those guys that end up being quarterbacks that were the draft, the backups for some other guy. What's the final word on Kenny? How about at Chris Muller, PGH Chris Muller? Feel better or worse about Pickett after last week's game? Worse, sixty percent. Better, forty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, is is it that binary, or is it just yeah? It's the same. This is the same, Kenny. Well, I mean, I, I think it's the same. But again, I tell this also right after the game where you had just you know these epic 
poems about the greatness of Will Levis despite doing nothing in the second half. Did I mention that? He did nothing in the second half. <laughs> and hearing how he was the greatest quarterback, just this, you know, unbelievable show of uh, talent. But um, but I think that's it. I think that was sort of where a lot of this is coming from. But Because uh, this is even before C.J. Stroud throws for 2,000 yards on Sunday. Yeah, and I sat him on my fantasy bench. Great. Ooh. Yeah. Who were they playing? Who were the Texans playing? I don't know. Okay. Wasn't even, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't my fantasy team. <laughs> Why don't we head to the second half? I know it might be a little early. We still got to talk uh, Canada memes. Oh, okay. And maybe the all can we can we even answer this? The all time most overrated and underrated Steelers of all time. <laughs> Talk about something that could be easily quantified. Well, Twitter uh, <laughs> got down to the bottom of it. And it's weird how uh, a lot of the same people on the overrated side were also on the underrated. <laughs> Fascinating. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a break, and we'll see you in a minute. Enjoy these messages. Undefeated ball, are we? I don't know. <laughs> what does that even mean? What does anything I say? We even scored mean? early, and now we're just trying yeah. to ride it out. Scored on the first drive, and yes. now we're like we're gonna wait mm. until the last four mm. minutes of the game. And yes, then... exactly. Now we're kind of misfiring on some high throws. Um, we promised uh, some Canada memes, but first, let's talk a couple Tomlin takes. Uh, can't keep my coach out your mouth. <laughs> How about, where is it? Oh, let's go back to at Chris Muller, PGH. Chris Muller. Mike Tomlin bears significant responsibility for creating the material conditions that the national media are praising him for over coming through eight games. So um, when they're they're not being perplexed about why uh, we're being outgained offensively in every game, they are giving Tomlin the praise, you know, Tony mm-hmm. Gonzalez uh, before the Thursday night game was yes. saying that he might be the greatest coach of all time. I remember hearing that. <laughs> um, Somebody, there's been other oh bless you there's been some other members in the media that said similar things this is Tomlin's finest coaching job coach, coach of, of the year, year. yeah uh, that Barnwell guy who is not for the most part a big Pittsburgh fan if you remember he was I think he was the guy that tried to make the leap from ESPN plus to being the GM of the Jaguars I don't know if you remember that it uh he like wrote up a resume and this whole thing about how they should hire him like this was a while back but yeah uh well the, I guess the question is can we credit Tomlin for being coach of the year material and then say, but the, you put together this roster that got you here. I mean, that, now we're back to as hard as it is to determine fault when a team loses a football game. Now we're back to exactly how much control does Tomlin have over shaping this roster? And yeah, this roster has some issues. It's by no means the most uh, complete team in the league. So I, I, if if Mahler here is saying that, you know, Tomlin, the GM, is being outshone by Tomlin, the coach, I can buy that. I think Tomlin, uh, but again, how much of whatever mistakes they've made in roster construction are Tomlin and not Colbert and Kahn? It's when there's a lot of people, I mean, that, that whole like failure is an orphan. Well, not necessarily. That is a reasonable expectation. Okay, well, it's not for lack of effort. Whatever you say, you can't say like, oh, Tomlin put this team together, but it's not like they ignored, you know, it's not like there's any glaring omissions. They've tried to address 
Uh, every every. Oh, that, I mean, that was, was what we talked about all off season. They have thrown a lot of dudes at each problem. I don't know if they were the right dudes, but they've put. It's not like there was something like, ah, this is a huge mistake, and we're leaving it that way. I mean, it's. I mean, there was a guy from the Colts practice squad in there during the last two, the last drive to close out a football game on Thursday night. Like, there's been some other things happening here. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, well, one more thing on Tomlin at Ben B. Baldwin, computer cowboy death taxes, Eagles, Lions not being scared to go for it. All right. So we've got a graph here of teams going for it on fourth down in mm-hmm. 2023. Okay. The, uh, the bottom axis is mm-hmm. when it's a toss up situation to go for it on fourth. You know? Okay. It's like, could it be toss up. And then you see on the right the teams that still go for it. Okay. And the teams on the left that do not go for it. And the gotcha. Steelers are on the very left of the teams in toss up situations on fourth to not go for it. Okay. I, I think. Personally, my confidence about going for it would be directly proportional to how much I believed in my offensive line. So I am fine with the offensive line uh, 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 living in fears in this case, the fears of these guys not doing the job. This could also increase as the year goes on, too. But uh, but I if they, I did not know this stat, but looking at it, I'm like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, we're not going for it uh, in these quote-unquote toss-up situations. What is a toss-up situation? Well, that's what I was about to ask you. I mean, if it's like if it's fourth and one at like the four at their forty-five, like that's one thing. Versus like I don't know, fourth and two at our forty, or fourth and half a yard at our forty. You know, I'd have to have kind of better understanding of a toss-up thing. But again, you know, I'm kind of full of fear uh, as long as my offensive line is not a very congealed unit. We saw a, I mean, it's everyone's just, just like, well, you do the tush push and it's automatic. But we, Kenny, the, 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 the spot, I guess, on Kenny's QB sneak. Yes. Well, it was proof that mm, the tush push isn't a guarantee. Well, also, thing. no one was pushing his tush. He ran over that side. <laughs> the thing, and, it's, and also, I mean, I thought the Jalen Warren fourth down run, or, or maybe it was third down, I don't remember, but he bounces it to the outside and he gets several yards. There was a Titans dude who, could have had him like I don't know how Warren got around the guy but he did it was an incredible burst of speed but I mean that guy was in the backfield so uh yeah Yeah. so I'm fine with uh uh being full of fear until things fully become something else um okay enough uh enough Tomlin we promised hot Canada memes (laughs) uh it's time for the the, the Matt Canada takes I'm coming out of the booth that's right, he's at the booth, <laughs> on the field, and that seems to have made all the difference. I, 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 I mean, I was goofing up before, but it, it kind of does seem to have been helpful. Like, it seems to have done something. What kind of energy does Matt Canada on the field have? Is it at Holer Kyle? Kyle, Pittsburgh Steelers when Matt Canada is down on the field, and it's Thanos putting the gem into the Infinity Gauntlet, <laughs> making him all-powerful. Is that the... Uh, is that the Canada on the field? I mean, I, the only thing that might not work for me is that I, I, I'm not the biggest Marvel guy. You're probably more qualified to me. Thanos was pretty tough before he put the Infinity Gauntlet on, right? I mean, he was winning a lot of that movie. Then he became invincible. But up until then, he was probably having a better season than Matt Canada in the booth. You're right. You're right. Canada's more like Captain America, the scrawny guy okay. before the serum. Okay. All right. I'm so, so glad I got a Marvel analogy right. All I right. Really so let's, we're going to cross out the Thanos <laughs> meme. 
What about at David Welsh Jr., David Welsh? That was a Steelers drive, right? That was actually pretty great. And it's Sam Neill, Jurassic Park, shocked at seeing uh, Jurassic dinosaurs on, uh, on the Acrisure field. This one I'm fine with. It is Sam Neill seeing a something that he believed had been dead for a long time <laughs> looking healthy. I am 100% bo- on board with this meme. How about for the ladies? <laughs> At Duck Options, Canadasburg, and it's the Steelers just scored an opening touchdown drive, and the, the guy's getting goosebumps. Okay, that, that I mean, it's, it's, I feel dirtier just looking at this, but all right, yeah, no, I mean, this is, this is, it, it is, it, it, it's, I don't know if goosebumps is a thing, it's just like shock or stunness, but yeah, this is, uh, this is, it's certainly arousing, I guess. It, uh, we're we're going to give this credit to. I, I like Sam Neill better just because um, I, uh, I don't want to think about these people on Twitter being aroused but you know i'll give maybe is this my favorite i'm not certain at mm. my v trophy felix de cat that's it matt canada no booth for you and it's the soup nazi <laughs> the soup nazi <laughs> who's like more than 20 years old at this point look at how young he looks back then i, I know, you know? <laughs> he looks really i mean the soup nazi looks great he really really does it uh so the idea i mean the only thing that breaks down for this to me is that matt canada is someone Buying soup and asking to go to the, is asking this man to go to the booth. Is that... He's asking for the chicken, the chicken booth and okay. uh, and rice. And... <laughs> okay. See, I, this is why I'm not great with memes. I'm trying to figure out all the characters in the story. Um, you know, he's uh, he's trying to cook and <laughs> no booth. Like, where's where's Let Matt Canada Cook sound? Okay, there it is. Let Matt Canada Cook. No booth for you. <laughs> How about, let's get serious, at Steelers okay. win 109, Minkaberg Steelers. I don't think anyone is realizing how hilarious it is that Canada became a good coordinator just by coming out of the field onto the booth. This is, it is perplexing to me. A move like this shouldn't really make, they're professionals. It really shouldn't make that much of a difference, should well, I mean, it? and I'm not sure it did. I mean, the Titans are, you know, their defense by, is by no means bad, but it's not as good as a lot of the defenses they've seen recently. Even Jacksonville's defense is great against the run, and, you know, the Titans' defense isn't nearly as good as the Browns or the Ravens, other teams they've played at home. Um, so, I mean, it's not, maybe it's not entirely that, but, you know, smarter people than me... I've listened to throughout the week where like maybe it's easier for Kenny to go over and be like hey I saw this and this and this versus like you know collecting his thoughts picking up the phone calling Canada and saying I saw this and this and this and Canada saying ah I saw this thank you and then hanging up and going out for the next drive am I overthinking it and saying it's also a way to to not make Canada continue to be a distraction we're not getting the cutaway to the booth from the TV crews we're not getting the that which causes then a, an overreaction on social media and then on national media you know when he when Canada didn't cheer that was on Pat McAfee you that know? was very bizarre um, he certainly was cheering the other night he, so was, now, he was fired up now that's not now there's no cutaway camera now there's no you know uh you know, we've eliminated all of that. Could it be could that? That, but that's that's. You know, Tomlin doesn't isn't usually thinking outside of the game itself. No, and I, and I what I think also makes a lot of sense. I think it was Alan Alan Saunders that said it. Uh, this really does not reflect well on Mike Sullivan, the quarterbacks coach, since that was sort of his job to be the guy talking to them on the sidelines, and now Canada's the guy doing that. So that's sort of maybe where it's like, okay, this is we're changing something to make it more successful. Oh, this part is working better now that you're not doing your job the same way. 
Maybe, well, maybe then if we found the Achilles heel, maybe that's it. Maybe it's Sully. I mean, it could be any, I mean, it's, it's again, failure is, uh, turns out has a lot of fathers, uh, as opposed to, uh, one. But, and it's, uh, and it's not like that they're buddy, they're not like, you know, creating a, uh, you know, creating a hug circle with Kennedy no. on the sidelines. You know, Ben said, I've been on his path. He's like, we, we don't, you don't want to talk to the coordinator first thing off the sidelines. He'd rather talk to his other quarterbacks. Right, the guy you yeah. just saw. Yeah, well, it's just, oh, Ben, especially, I mean, now we're looking at the success of Dobbs. Yeah, Ben would do that almost exclusively, you yeah. The, uh, oh, I wish I almost pulled the clip, but he, it was when he had Hodge on his show, this was back during the Jags game, mm-hmm. and he was saying that, uh, he was talking about coordinators and how you don't always talk to your coordinator. And Ma- and Hodge was like, yeah, I bet you didn't talk to some of yours. And I was like, he's not talking about B.A. He's not talking about Feigner. It's, it's got to be it's, it's yeah, Haley. It's got to be Haley. Well, I mean, to a lesser extent. Yeah. Uh, some and of the guys before. That, and, yeah. And, um, but yes, it's uh, Hodge jumping in there with that as a punchline is really something. Um, Are we going to give Matt Canada praise? You, we, you know, <laughs> It's don't don't go negative, fans. The sheer amount of edge in Ben's voice as he says that he's clearly so upset. And it's not time, you know. It's it's not time to uh, to keep the Canada Fire chance going because, as B Pryor says, at B Pryor, Brooke Pryor, I talked to fan psychologists, former Steelers, and Todd Haley to understand fan behavior toward Matt Canada. Haley knows what Canada's going through and told me about meeting an angry fan at a Pirates game. I don't know Matt at all, but I root for him every single week. Um, so he knows that this this has an effect, you know. Oh, and yeah. Even though we don't hear Matt Canada play the victim ever. I don't think we ever hear him play the victim. Um, I don't know if this is Todd Haley kind of playing the victim himself, talking about meeting an angry fan at a Pirates well, game. Well, a couple things. One, you buried the lead here. This woman's talking to psychologists. That's who you have to talk to about this Matt Canada stuff. I mean, that's that's great she talked to fans at Haley, but psychologists are the people that can tell you what's actually going on. Two, if you're sitting there with Todd Haley at a Bucko game, why on earth are you bringing up Matt Canada? That just seems like it'd be so much fun to sit there and drink and talk to Todd Haley at this terrible baseball game. Like, that's, you know, why are you, why are you angry at a Pirates game at Todd Haley? Haley like what went wrong there like before they were chanting fire Canada they were one-on-one oh yeah they were lining up at tequila cowboy to yell at Haley there yeah you know I'll take you outside if you want to talk about the screen game yeah I'm coming out of the booth well hey that's yeah. Adam Sandler, right? Yeah, what yeah. is that from? <laughs> Toll Booth Willie. Oh, okay. I'm trying from to his, uh, get from his first album. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm like, is that in the Water Boy? What? Okay. Uh, all right. We can't just talk Canada and Kenny. There's other offense also. How about at Mike Up Sports One, Mike Nicastro? I've got news for Yins. Calvin Austin the Third ain't the guy you thought he could be. He's a gadget. Nothing more. Digest that. Steelers need another true play playmaker badly. Um. I mean, he was a fourth rounder, you know, right. he, he was the, as far as draft capital, no different than a Buddy Johnson, yes. really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does seem that the expectation should be downward arrow for Calvin Austin. Well, a few things. One, the Steelers do need another true playmaker badly. Yes, like Pat Fryermuth, as soon as he gets better. Two, this is a different conversation if Kenny throws a better pass. 
uh, uh, or Austin's able to fight for it that one in, I want to say, the second quarter of the game. And three, we're now through several generations of this, and it's always disappointing to me. Whenever the Steelers have a guy that's like somewhere around my size, he's always disappointing. <laughs> this is Chris Rainey. This is this guy. Tree Archer. Tree Archer. All guys that are like short and like somewhere around short for a football player. And like in some cases, like Chris Rainey, short for a human being like me. And um, but yeah, and, and whenever they're my size, it never works out. Um, I'm not I'm not willing to say it's not a definitely not a workout. No, and he's Kyle also Johnson. better than the guys I just mentioned. He's better than Chris Rainey. He's far better than Dre Archer and a lot less draft capital. And I do think that, you know, there, there's got to be a different play for him other than just throw it as deep as you can and hope he, you know, Kenny gets the ball there. It, uh, it's the same strategy as when it was Sammy Coates or when it was you know, other was fourth rounders. Guy. Yeah. yeah. At, <laughs> Acres. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Martavis. Yeah, he was a fourth rounder, right? He was right? a fourth rounder. I mean, that was, I forget why, though. Like, he barely played or didn't have some catches or there was an injury. There was some reason that someone so freakishly gifted as rookie, Martavis. Rookie year was still the was still the young money era, though. Well, yeah. Didn't you still have, he couldn't get, make that roster mm-hmm. uh, his rookie year. No, I just, I was yeah. just trying, I just couldn't remember why. Well, that's still the fourth, someone that amazing. Um, all right, one last thing on offense at Brian Batko. Brian Batko, Steelers right tackle Chooks Okafor said he was benched because of acting out at the end of last week's game in a way he shouldn't have as a six-year vet. That's the Jags game, not the Jags Titans game. game. Yeah, he isn't sure if he'll be back in the starting lineup next week. I think we know now definitively he is he's not. not going to be. And, you know, originally Tomlin said, oh, I just wanted to create a spark out there. But then on Tuesday, he admitted that, yeah, there was something something substantial, I believe he was. Yes, something substantial he said uh, uh, at the end of that game. At, uh, I had assumed it was to the Jags. Maybe it wasn't. But um, I think the other part of that, too, is that that's the best the offensive line has looked in a long time, that game against the Titans, at uh, partic- with uh, uh, Broderick Jones at right tackle. Could you think it could, could, you think he, it could be... Is it lip service? Maybe Chooks, could he have really done something so bad to get benched? Or is this just an excuse to finally get Broderick Jones on the field? Well, I think I don't. that does not have to be exclusive. Those two things can go hand in hand. Because eventually Jones was going to get his way back to the field one way or the other. And Chooks was always probably going to be a cap casualty because of how much they liked Dan Moore. So I think this these two things, Tomlin might have seen something advantageous in them. How bad if something, you know, if, if he was talking squawk on another teammate, we've seen that before, DJ and Mitch, and it was yes. and the comment was, well, if, if it didn't happen, maybe it should have. So I don't think it was necessarily a player-on-player comment. Right. Um, you know, if he if he was talking about the opponent in a uh, bad, I mean, we saw we saw DJ and Akilah Witherspoon mix it up, and you know, yes. so I'm just wondering, wow, what could it have been? I guess this, I guess the speculation is not uh, to it's not fair to regulate well, and speculate. I, I guess but. the other part of it that makes the speculation difficult, and you just kind of touched on it yourself, is that all those other stories there was someone else saying something. There was like we knew something at least from the perspective of another party, whether it was DJ or Mitch or some reporter or something. Here, there's no one else to be like, oh, Chooks said this to me or said it about this. All we have is Tomlin and Chooks, and the two of them have not said anything. Yeah, where are the insiders that are can get can figure out what the heck happened? I'm sure they're, they're as they're as confused by this as the national media are by the Steelers record. <laughs> well, I want to know what Juke said because uh, you know it can't be. Uh... See, my mind immediately went there was something about the Jags just because again how weird they were about the terrible towel in that game. But maybe that's not what it was at all. We can't speculate 
and recollate. Well, that's the, that's there's my, someone that knows something about saying something about your teammates. That's there's the pro. Um, let's check back in on our expectations. We're at the, I guess we're at the halfway point, as good as it, as middle as it could be. Um, <laughs> and an odd season, because now they all have an odd number yeah. of games. Yes. We need, we need a name for the, uh, for the week nine that that's directly in the middle, right? Mm. It's like the, the median, hump, the week. hump game. There you Medium go. week. I, I don't like... know. Yours is a little more easier. So, all right. At, let's go to at blitz underscore Berg Blitzberg. If you're content with the Steelers going nine and eight, then I guess you wouldn't have any issue with their style of football right now. Um, it's an amazing fan base where a winning record is a grievous insult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're content going nine and eight this season. Well, look at this. If you were a real fan, you'd want them to be much worse. Yeah. Well, the real fan, you know, the real the fans that keep it real out there <laughs> want them to be six and ten. That's what they deserve to be. They don't deserve to. They don't deserve to be. You know. Um, I'm I'm content with going nine and eight as long as it's playoffs. You know. Well, I mean, I just I just want to see the team have some improvement. I've certainly seen that in some er, er, areas. I'd like to see it in a lot more. I'm certainly one year to the next. They're a lot better at the first half of this past season than they were in the last season. So let's see more improvement in the second half of this season that's true this first half has been an improvement you can't if we're going to compare it like that then you would think that this would be all rosy and uh and flowers right but instead they're nine and eight like some loser even though that's literally not what that is what's the difference between nine and eight and 12 and two if they're both or 12 and five if they're both it's hard with the math anymore if they're both wild if they if they both could be wild card either you know either or right well presumably yeah you'd get the easier draw in the uh, if you were the 12 and 5 but is there such a thing in this AFC the superior conference where there's many good teams yeah what if you're you're the seventh seed going into Miami compared to being the uh what the the five seed going into Baltimore or right, something or, you know? yeah or at, uh, right exactly Baltimore or um, Jacksonville yeah so I don't know what's it. Yeah, what's the difference? I don't know. I mean, it's it's obviously you want to see you want to see them improve and do better, and they certainly should could improve and do better, and you certainly hope they do. But this idea that if you're fine with them having a winning record, like some kind of dweeb, then you'd be fine with this. Yeah, dweeb. Mm-hmm. Let's let's uh, one more thing. One more thing on expectations. No, maybe two okay. more. How about at poll Steelers? Steelers poll. Oh God. Yinzers. How confident are you that the Steelers make it to the playoffs? Very confident. Eleven percent. Confident. Thirty-five percent. Not confident. Forty-eight percent. No chance in hell. Six percent. So it's it's just it's, it's. This is way higher and more confident than I thought it would be. It's like 40, I got to be honest. Forty-five, fifty-five between no playoffs, yes playoffs. Yes, which is again much higher than I would think somebody is in here in this totally unlicensed and having nothing to do with anything Steelers pull. You would assume this was entirely uh, uh, people saying the team was not going to make the playoffs whatsoever. So I am heartened by the people who waited into this. Uh, depth of Steelers internet. I voted very confident. There you go. At, uh, I see that. Percent. Yeah. I, even I could see that without my glasses. Yeah. And if the season ended today, we would be in the playoffs. <laughs> so I'm always glad when Carbali starts out in like week three. So the expectation. So fans' are expectations are that we're going to have a worse second half than the first half. If we go 500 at this point out, then what is it? Nine and eight. Uh yeah. If right, because there's. I, I, the seventeenth. What, what little math yeah. I can do is totally fried. So it's either nine and eight or season. ten and seven. You yeah, go five hundred out. Five hundred, and that out. would be worse than our first half. So. Yeah, and certainly worse than the second half they had last year. True. 
Um, okay, one more thing on expectations. How about this weekend's expectations at Carney Media, Trey Carney. The Steelers have to dominate the Packers uh. for fans to feel truly confident in this team moving forward. They need to figure out how to actually beat down a bad team. Yes, the Packers' defense is actually good, but I will not be surprised if the Steelers' D sets up Theo in great field position two or three times. Does it, so is this a must-dominate? It can't just win. We must dominate the Packers. I, I, I meant to look at the stats to see where the must-dominate games are on this <laughs> schedule. I mean, it. Uh, uh, you know, this is... For them to get to that 500 or better record that we talked about in the second half, this is one of the games you would think they would have to win to make that more likely. Uh, that, I mean, that being said, I was listening to a little bit of pregame on the way over here, and the Packers, I know nothing about the Packers, other than I know they've struggled a bit. The defense does sound better than I had been led to believe, so that could make me think this might be not unlike the Titans game. Uh, we don't worry about the Joneses. I'm not worried about whatever. It's just, you know, win and go in. Win and go in? I don't <laughs> uh, yeah, think that's I mean, it, 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 yeah, I mean, that's, that's yeah. I guess, I, win and move on is once you get there. So win and go in, I think, is probably at... Um, Undefeated in the throwbacks. Uh, well, these are the block numbers. Oh, which, block numbers. Sorry. Which are technically a throwback. And okay. I guess they should wear them... Uh, you know, people said they should wear them all the time, and I'd be fine with that. That doesn't I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. Haven't lost to Green Bay at home since Bradshaw's rookie year. I did watch the two minutes somebody posted of that of highlights from that game, and it is wild just the sheer amount of sideburns and that like the car in the end zone and all that stuff. Yeah, you know? why are they parking in the end zone in mm -hmm. three rivers? Mm -hmm. Um Okay. Well, um, you know, if if I thinking of teams do, you know, a dominating game, I think of Cleveland against the Steelers and we yeah. won that I think of you know I think we, we've been out dominated in a lot of these I don't want a dominating win I'd rather just win yeah I mean and, and also a dominating win because I mean I don't know this team gets a dominant win and like a lot of people are going to get way out of control the other way I mean it's like it just 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 find I, I think it's going to be tough just because I think this offense is always going to find it a little tough against a good defense up until they really get it together oh here we go all right let's get the band Okay. Uh, some odds and ends, and we promised at Jared W. Kane, Jared Kane. Who was the most overrated Pittsburgh Steeler of all time? Who is the most underrated Pittsburgh Steeler of all time? Should uh, uh, do you have? A, do you want to wade into that before we get into what the comment section had to say? I mean, uh, not really, because I don't have a good definition of overrated, other than that, like how their draft position was. Like that's a genuine overrated. I mean, as I see Devin Bush is on this list. I mean, technically that's correct. It uh, was Chase Claypool overrated. Sure, after the first half of his rookie season, when he looked amazing, he had what eight touchdowns in his first twelve games or something during the lockdown games. So, it, it's hard for me to make an overrated under other than we hold them in too high esteem for what they actually did. But the game was also different then. So anyway, I have no good answer to any of this. Um. Well, you know, just like Steeler Nation, uh, who also has. <laughs> No good answer. You know, because a lot of the names that were on the overrated list were also on the underrated. So you had <laughs> so A B overrated okay. and underrated. Um <laughs> I got Big Ben overrated, underrated. I've got Ike Taylor 
Overrated, underrated. That was a fourth round pick. I mean, the one knock you can have against him is he dropped interceptions. I don't know how you can un- you can overrate Ike like Ryan Clark on both overrated or underrated list. Um, <sighs> here are maybe you know let's see here are there any um, overrated like see Pouncey made the overrated list. Now Pouncey is going to be you know possibly a Hall of Famer, right? Despite having never won a Super Bowl uh, and not even playing in one, he was hurt in the Jets uh, title game. At um, yeah, I I mean Pouncey. I, I mean, I guess if you want to overrate it as like the best Steeler center to not win a Super Bowl, which he is, uh, I, I don't know how you would say Pouncey's overrated. I guess that's maybe you think there were other better centers of his era. Uh, you know, sounds like you're spending a lot of time thinking about the, how people felt about centers a few years ago. If this is if you're getting if you think Pouncey's overrated. How about underrated? Now, we're talking all-time Steelers. Here are some of the names. Jalen Warren. Since <laughs> you... a year and a half. I mean, it's... Ryan Shazier. I mean, you know, it's easy to say Shazier's underrated because we didn't see nearly enough of his career. I mean, that's... It's 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 entirely possible he would have gone on to get even better than he was. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. A.B., we mentioned Casey Hampton, underrated? I don't know. I... I Casey was pretty held in pretty high regard throughout much of his career. Ryan Clark, we said <laughs> Heath Miller. Would you say he's underrated? I mean, in a different era, Heath probably puts up even bigger numbers than he did. But the Steelers, even at the, his time, valued blocking so much that there wasn't going to be as many opportunities as there were for other great tight ends who were probably better, like Gonzalez and Gronk, et cetera, et cetera. What do we got here? Moel Day Moore? I don't even know if he would be... I mean, I don't know if the Steelers have had a better third down back. Maybe Jalen Warren. I mean, well, Day Moore was a big part of the Super Bowl 43 team. Like Lev, Lev Bell, could he be underrated? Third, uh, statistically third best running back in Steeler history? I mean, I guess. But, like, if you saw him play, you knew how great he was. But it's hard to underrate somebody that, like, sort of took themselves out of it. Um, I'll give this one Elsie Greenwood. Yeah. Not in the hall. Right. Um, so I guess you could say that he has been underrated, at least, uh, you know, nationally by his peers. I Certainly. Guess. And I I, I I smile at Aaron Smith's name on this since he's been on like all time underrated player lists for like a decade now. I'm surprised if every reply wasn't Aaron Smith. Right. Was, right. That's the easy one. Yeah. They named him on the when they named him <laughs> Hall of Honor. It was like it's underrated. So underrated. So underrated. <laughs> hall of Honor before Casey Hampton. So right. who's who's more underrated right um what about this for uh i'll give two Mm -hmm. answers uh for under all time underrated this is a tough one Mm -hmm. um now he only really two years of productivity Mm -hmm. but i believe it was two all pro years Mm -hmm. yancey thigpen oh yeah it's it's a lot of cordell's issues the issues people had with cordell occurred once he was gone Two 1,300 yard seasons, mm-hmm. you know, but that's at a time when there wasn't the like, it's not like it is today. Not in Pittsburgh, when at was least. doing that. Yes, that too. So, you know, but only two seasons to call him most underrated all time. I don't know. Right. Um, well, a lot of these guys are like missed opportunities. Like you could put LaVon Kirkland on there too, but this, it just didn't work. Kendrell Bell, if he doesn't get the high ankle sprain, like, um, I'll give one other name and it's to be determined because he's currently on the roster. 
all-time underrated Deontay Johnson. Could you put him on this, uh, uh, on this list? I mean, it, 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 you know, they've already given him one contract extension, which makes it a little bit likely, uh, unlikely. I mean, it's it's interesting that both of your underrated guys were the go-to receivers for their, their teams at the time between Deontay and Yancey. It, uh, it's hard for me to look at him as underrated now because, I mean, just because, you know, the guy does drop a lot of passes. But, I mean, it's it's we've seen what this offense is like without him, and it's even less pretty. Well, those are my, those are my, that, that's who, those are my, that's who gets my vote. There you go. Underrated, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, un, it's undefinable. Right, exactly. Um, it, it's something to boost this guy's uh, uh, Twitter uh, uh, account here. At, um, well, here's, let's get, so, let's get something more definitive. Hmm? At Saris underscore Candies. Okay. Saris Candies. Thursday night football debut. We've got J.J. Watt in the, in the luxury booth with mm-hmm. his terrible towel and, the the package of Sarah's chocolate covered pretzels, man. Even when I was at my heaviest, I I, I didn't eat chocolate covered pretzels. What? Are they good? Are they good? I've heard they're delicious. Is there nothing? There's nothing better. Okay, because <laughs> I love pretzels. Like that's the one thing that's my great vice. I still eat so many pretzels, but I just didn't don't put chocolate on them. It's it, better chocolate than Hershey. You know, we've got Hershey's chocolate, of course, and Hershey's PA. But certainly, the milk chocolate from Sarah's is better. The, oh wow, the, the mix with the pretzel, it's a it's a good consistency. It's mm-hmm. a thick pretzel. Okay, I mean. I, I would assume this is a high caliber snack for it to be in the luxury box at Thursday you, Night Football. Have you never had a chocolate covered? I mean, pretzel? I had. I'm sure I had one somewhere along the way. Like when I was at my heaviest, I'm sure I did, but I didn't. It was never like, oh, this is the snack I got to seek out. They're a like, gift from God. Okay, Brad. okay. I, I, I've I'll learned a lot one. tonight. You don't. You don't have to get me one, man. That that's. I appreciate that though. They are a gift from God. He waited. <laughs> he waited so long to give it to us. Why? What? You know, we could have. We should have had those in the BC times. <laughs> a little more love in this world. And on the fifth day. Definitely, dude. If you weren't making ice cream and chocolate covered pretzels before you made a walrus. Oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> Enough scripture talk. There you go. Um, I guess that's what we've been talking about, has it? Is there um, anything else to say? Don't you want to... I know I got the... That's what we've been talking about. All that for that. <laughs> Three and zero in the in the uh, block numbers or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Feeling good about that. Seven and three. I mean, it's good? it's you know it, it's it's but but I mean they're playing a defense that's got some players on it. it uh, they have a good running. This is a team that has a good running game and is going to commit to it as well. They're not going to be like this other teams. They're like ah, we're too smart to just keep running the ball at the Steelers. That and seems that, to be what these teams seem to lose their identity against us. I think of the uh, I think of Baltimore yes. and um, you know maybe even- I, I think even the Rams to an extent. No, I know they had those guys that hadn't played around them a while, but they were running the ball great. And all of a sudden, they're like, we'll just keep throwing to Puka. And then they lost the game. And now Cam is back. We didn't even talk defense. We went this whole show without saying one thing about defense. Well, that's that's not what they were talking about after this game. They weren't. Why Why is that? Why is that? I don't know. Because Cam's back. Because the defense did okay, I think, was sort of why. Okay, this is it. This is the calm before the away stretch. Because then after this week, it's like oh yeah, three out of five away games. Cincinnati, Cleveland. We'll never Uh be home again. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right. If you want to keep the conversation going, like like or leave a comment on YouTube. That would be helpful. I think YouTube is what people said that they weren't aware that uh, there was a visual component. Oh yeah, no, we take it. Yeah, I mean, I we wear a different Pittsburgh shirt each time. Yeah. Try to, I, yeah. or I try to stuff myself right. into this shirt. Ah, <laughs> oh, I thought I was doing so good. I need to maybe step on a scale or something, maybe once in a while. 
Um, Yesterday's a hard word. Hard word for me. Hard, very hard word for me. Keep the conversation going on social media. I'm on TikTok at Kyle Trace. Greg, help yourself. Unfortunately, you can find me on Instagram at Greg Benevent. P is in boy. E N E V is in Victor. E N T. If you want to blame Canada's sticker, uh, hit me up on email, kylechrice at gmail.com. I still have a couple outstanding to go. I pro- I know I promised that last week, but okay. um, what, you know, time slipped away. Time keeps on slipping into the future, as uh, a poet once said. All right, enough caucus. Until next week, keep listening to your coach. Be the best selves. That's going to be required. Stay in school. <laughs>